0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: Well, I'm back in the lair. Uh, <clears throat> I was traveling up in uh, New Jersey and Michigan the last uh, time y'all were down here, and uh, some really good experiences. There's a, uh, I-, I found out some things. You, know, you think you just kind of get it in your mind. You think New Jersey?
0: Did you miss the floods?
1: Yeah, you're, you you're your so far away from your mic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought you were in a cave. Oh, we just in there talking.
0: <laughs> so, did you miss the floods, Al? When yeah, you the, were in, there was a yeah, I missed the
2: hurricane, but no, I'm talking about there was a but yeah, that the Same hurricane that came through Louisiana, which you got downgraded tropical storm, then it, but it spawned tornadoes. But, but up here's in what New was interesting:
1: even before, as the hurricane is hitting Louisiana, hitting the coast, wiping out Grand Isle, there was a. I mean, a monsoon, I'm preaching, I'm literally preaching up a storm. I'm looking outside and I thought, good grief, is the hurricane hitting here? I mean, just water. We go back to the hotel, though it's knee-deep in the street because the tide was up. We are sitting right there on the Jersey Shore. And, I mean, I'm I'm wading in knee-deep water from the car to the hotel <laughs> I was like I felt like Jonah, oh, you know. Right. I was like, "How do you get away?" Yeah, that's why I asked you because it was a lot. Yeah, of... it was a lot. And well, then, then a uh, week later, and then Ada. About three days later, Ada yeah. comes through, and they get a whole another round of flooding. But by luckily, by then, Lisa and I were it off. To... Ada or Ida? Was it Ida? Yeah, yeah, Ada. Ada. I thought you had already
2: made the <laughs> Cajun <laughs> accent. That's probably but how I... they
1: said it. You're right. Yeah. So I was thinking of Ada, Oklahoma, which is where you and. Mom yeah. got married, so we no, found it.
0: that was Ida Bell. Ida Bell? Ida Bell. Okay. You got Ada on the brain. <laughs> I don't see Ada involved in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Ada didn't
1: exist.
2: No, it didn't. I'll Ida. I-D-A. That's from this i The I've town been, of man. Ida.
1: There's a town named It's out. hard to say I was on vacation because I was working, but I wasn't To here.
2: me, you got to remember what people don't realize who do not live in Louisiana. When you hear your buddy, or in this case, your brother, say something that you have no idea what he's talking about. But you just don't stop him and say, because I just figured that was some new way to say it. Because mm-hmm. that yeah. happens a lot in this culture. It does. It does.
1: So, so well, Jess, I was stopping by for the the morning Chick fil A, which is what gets our podcast started here, for mainly you and Dad. But there's a woman, the woman, the young woman that was uh, taking my order because they you know, they take it outside, and um, she said she asked for my name and I told her i give her the order, and she says, are you Al Robertson? I was like, yeah, that's what's left of it, you know? And she said, well, I recognize you from your voice. And she goes to Christchurch, and oh. she said, uh, I just wanted to tell you how inspirational your family is and i listen to your podcast and you know was having this old conversation i was like man that's why i like chick-fil-a you got the people that wait on you you know they also listen to the podcast
2: i like chick-fil-a because they had a novel idea let's just be kind and courteous to people who are giving us their money and gee, gee bob that may work <laughs> yeah. and I mean, they make a pretty decent but it makes sandwich. the other fast food places look terrible when you pull up there and they go here <laughs> Oh, it just burns me up. I don't, I don't go to them anymore. <laughs> it's hard. So, a a drive through Well,
0: you're, you're talking about being in particular at an arena that I never go to. Well, I know. But I every once in a while. I a quick
1: stops and order chicken.
2: <laughs> I don't either. But every once in a <laughs> while, you're hungry. And yeah. you find yourself. Well,
1: I drive through for the – for that take one for the team. I, I drive through for y'all. So it's a little bit of a, a felt-like a little fall yesterday. I get up yesterday morning. It's Labor Day. And man, just a beautiful day. Which brings me to humidity down.
0: Which brings me to one Austin Campbell.
1: uh Oh, Austin, wherever
0: you are. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of Florida. When they introduced me into the, uh, inducted me into the Louisiana Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. they said we need some, some attire, that you would normally wear. You know, there's a mannequin
1: dressed like that. See, so they got yeah, a mannequin.
0: Bro. The mannequin was
1: whoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't very lifelike. I looked at that dude and I think, he needs malnutrition. <laughs> I mean, he had a fake little skinny looking face, but I said, oh, well." <laughs> so. But they had my clothes on him. And Austin Campbell, when I gave that shirt up, I had done some patching on it through the years.
1: It's 30 years old. I, I wore it
0: 25, 30 years. I don't forgot how long, but. Without. I
2: was really happy about that shirt no longer being with us. <laughs> well, and so, to
0: all you women out there, it was a shirt that was never washed. Ever. I just hung it up to air <laughs> well, dry. We're, we're
2: losing you today so, on your mic.
0: This came in the mail this morning from, from Austin Campbell. Uh, he's a long-time listener of ours. Uh, he said you donated your favorite hunting shirt to a museum, which is true. I just mentioned it. But somewhere he rustled up in his closet, I guess, and he came up with the same exact shirt it's brand new. which yeah. I thought it was almost the, it was my first side i the only thing i compared could could compare it to is the resurrection. <laughs> so oh, this boy. thing came out of nowhere after, via austin Campbell <laughs> night, I appreciate austin. it dude i got a, I told him to send you a duck call. I'll sign it for you. So to ease the pain a little bit. I don't forgot what these things cost, but this shirt
2: evidently is priceless. You
0: wear this, you wear this, you never get cold.
2: Well, I know. Ever. The smell had gotten to a point to where, when that was, I think that came from Martin. It was his scheme. He's like, how can we get, get rid of that shirt?
1: The shirt oh. is not, so I not think a sponsorship.
2: Martin had the idea of saying, look, let's donate it to the hall of fame because then he won't (laughs) say no because he's in a sticky spot
1: there
0: granted after 30 years uh and you don't wash clothing all i will say is the worst can happen out of it is it is a little
1: mustiness about it (laughs) i got that box jay
0: mustiness
1: (laughs) i was sending it to a woman in new orleans to to you know fix up the little alcove where dad's stuff is in the museum and I opened that box up and I thought, whew. Because I mean, it was literally right after season. I, and it was like. I
2: developed a bitterness <laughs> toward. I was so happy. And that's why this is. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, uh, it's the resurrection.
1: <laughs> I am. I will,
0: I will be night. It'll be great. It's already cooling down, even well, in Louisiana uh, now. Yeah. We're about. We're into September. Another three or four weeks will be cool at night. Yep. And we jump on it the wheel. It was old 63 four-wheel. last night. And heading toward the duck hole, I'll have my old shirt back with me.
2: Well, that's right. I, I took my first trip on the scout today to see where we're at in the developments of the duck hole. And Cause two,
1: Stone's kind of, he's now, you know, the main, uh, what would you call him? The the land manager. The land manager, yeah. Most because, of it's in his head, but I mean, that's <laughs> all right.
0: He's a good worker.
2: He's a good worker. We need him. <laughs> yep. And so while I went, he's, he's, cause you down here, you think it's easy just to till and plant. And, but down here, so volatile, so Water. wet, and you got beavers. And so it's just not easy growing grass that ducks like to eat. Right. It's too it,
0: low of ground to yeah, farm.
2: Yeah, it is. But so we try and do our best. So he showed me the, You know, kind of where we're at. But two terrifying things happened today, which it was cooler, which I thought was nice, and you wouldn't think what I'm fixed to tell you what happened, but they did. So we get in the rig, we take off, we looked at the first place, which we called the dog affectionately, because the name of the bayou is called Dog Bayou. I don't know why they they name it that. But when we're shooting ducks, we say the dog is barking today. Mm -hmm. So... We're going on one of the main roads, and, you know, we're not going fast because it's every 20 feet there's some kind of mud hole. And it hasn't rained here in how long? Since the hurricane. Yeah. And so it's been quite a few days, but there's still some bad mud holes here and there. So we go down into a mud hole, and I look to my right because I saw something move. And some of the rigs have doors in, in the in the rigs and some do not. But I had one of those <laughs> go, go, <laughs> because there was a three foot, no embellishment, three foot cotton mouth on the side. Like so most of the roads have you can tell where the tires go and we're like where the mud. Right, so we're, we're in yeah, the Deep right rut. The right rut. Right above it was a little mound of dirt, and this three foot cottonmouth mouth was culled up there.
0: Which puts him in pretty close proximity to your jaws.
2: <laughs> I would say two to three feet and inches from the door. But when we hit the hole and he's mad because you... his head, no embellishment, came up like a cobra. It just he just reared up. And that's when I went, go! Go. My voice actually <laughs> wouldn't work. And Jay thought I was saying, no, no. And I said, Congo, Congo. And he looked back, and he was still reared up like a cobra. I've never seen one do that. And so I was like, gun, Only gun. Only
0: the big ones do that. Yeah. That's so twice said earlier, son, you need to get out of town.
2: <laughs> you're spending too much time I mean, look, town. Phil, when you're inches away from a cottonmouth, it, it's never a good feeling. And and I didn't know that door was there because I was just like, I was flinching as in don't bite me, don't bite, because I saw that head come back. But I have to admit, Jay Stone, military training, free-handed with a pistol. First shot, you know, he's got his head reared up. Pow! Incredible. Took but, his head off. He didn't take his head off, but he, he hit him. Yeah. And addled him into circles, which then produced the rest of the clip in a rapid succession yeah. and ended it. You meant to kill him. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> so I, I actually used the outlaw Josie Wells, which is a prerequisite to watching this, the T V version. I said, Oh, he's dead, all right. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. So the other terrifying moment that was the by far the most terrifying. But because I felt like the only thing I had in between me and, and death today was, was this too many door, days, plastic <laughs> door. i spent you know. too many days in the subdivision now. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's lost his. I've age. been over that
2: land for 30, 40 years. I've only had a couple other times where I was in that proximity to a cottonmouth snake that's mad. Yeah, I mean, especially he was he was, right. was riled up close. too. Yeah. yeah, well, most of them, you know most snakes run. You they hear something coming, but their first impression is to kill you. Yeah. And so that's he reared up on the wheeler. The second thing, cause y'all had done a project where you move the dump, what we call the dump or the levee structure to to put a new a couple new holes with water on it. Yep. Y'all had it is a long story project, but and I loved it, everything about it, until I came up on where they got the dirt. And most people, you know, they scrape down the dirt. Phil and his posse, they just dug a hole to the earth's core. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a bottomless pit. So when we pull a, up there and look. It'll it'll
0: be a little pond with cypress yeah. trees growing around it before it's over. And I'll oh. make that place look it'd be it'll be a beautiful thing to walk up on.
2: All, the one Granted,
0: the you don't want to be trying to drive through it with the four wheelers too yeah. deep. Well,
2: the last time something like this happened, which was a much smaller version. They built a little dump somewhere, but they didn't tell me they built it. And so I'm driving through. I don't forget what I was doing, but I was out and about. Because <laughs> once the water floods, which it's going to flood, you don't know exactly where you're at at any time exactly. Right. You're in the general vicinity. And the next thing I know as I'm riding along is a four-wheeler is on top of me, and I got my gun trying to find the bottom. Cause I have hit this hole and, and it just flipped. flipped. It immediately flipped.
0: It, it was a small hole. This is we just got a little dirt, but but the bottom line is, where that where the <laughs> one you're talking about is the hole you saw that we just did. It was already a deep ditch. It's, it was a deep ditch cut by the water eons ago. So we're just down inside that ditch, which makes it look like a, but it's just a hole
2: in it. And it's already. Well, I'm a just ditch saying, or, if you happen to hit that hole and you don't know it's there, you have a zero percent chance of surviving.
0: No, you just jump off the four way and swim to <laughs> the bank. It ain't about twenty J- foot. Wide. I love that
1: every every scenario nah. J- for Jay's dad is a worst case scenario. It's it's it death is. and mayhem. Yeah, so. yeah. So. It's when the <laughs> this was an argument we, we were having.
0: meets meets your roots. Yeah,
1: and it, it's it's a. It's a you know, you're like, boy, this, this country is down in the The Bible dead. is on
2: my side. Where's that verse? Oh, right, here it uh, is, guys.
1: I return to it. Uh, Proverbs 26. Listen
2: to this. Listen to this carefully, Phil.
1: Proverbs 20. Let's take a break before I read it. So, one of our favorite products, Dad, is uh, Omega XL. And the reason why is because as you get a little bit older, you realize that inflammation becomes a problem. It creates aches and pains, uh, as we like to say. And that's where all the pain comes from. And so you need some way to be able to remedy that. These uh, Dr. McQuillan, who, by the way, Dad, we're going to get to meet the guys that started this company next week. They're going to be coming through. And I'm, I'm super excited to hear more because there's great clinical research about it. Uh, these guys, have, they're these muscles that they grow in New Zealand. And it comes out of them is, is the extract that you get that helps with your inflammation. So it's really good. Uh, it helps us. We're believers in it. If you want to check it out, go to omegaXL dot com slash fill and you're going to buy a bottle and you get a second bottle for free. So it's OmegaXL.com slash Phil. You're going to buy one, get one for free. That'll give you a couple of months. You'll notice the difference. You can also give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Check them out. Proverbs 26, 27. If a man digs a pit, he will fall into it. If a man rolls a stone, it will roll back on him. Yep.
2: Okay.
1: He's just saying
0: gravity still exists <laughs> and you know and I mean he didn't mean somebody went out there and dug a hole, then he literally fell in it. He's saying hey. his lifestyle, you're you're digging a hole in the ground. There, you dude. remember the first the first
1: time I ever heard this verse was on K N O E news. Uh Alton Howard. Nobody knows what that is. Well our it's our size. our local news. Yeah. So uh Corey's grandfather was running Howard Brothers stores. And the, there was an over-aggressive DA that didn't like him for whatever reason. He gets after him because Alton's brother was the mayor. So I'm sure there's a lot of political and says they owe a bunch of money. And so they did a big audit. Well, it turns out they were owed about 200 grand. They had overpaid. And so when they had Alton had a press conference, I'll never forget it. I mean, I was just a kid. This was in the seventies and on the local TV, he read that verse because they said, What do you have to say to Mr. Parkinson? He said, I got one thing to say. Proverbs 26, 27. If a man digs a hole, he will fall therein. If he rolls a stone, it will roll back on him. And I, was, you know, as a Christian, you were like, Yes. I mean, it was right. like, you know, because they were after him, you know? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. It's the first time I ever heard that verse.
2: Well, with where we're at in, in Matthew, what happened to me with a snake and a pit? I couldn't help but think of the spiritual ramifications. (laughs) Of course you (laughs) can. Well, I'm saying, I think Jesus taught me well. He was more concerned about the spiritual than the physical. That's obvious. But I thought a bumper sticker statement, because Al, while you were gone, we went from the water to the wilderness. Or I think, when was the last time you were here?
1: Yeah, the last time I was here, we were doing the genealogy. Yeah, we went John the
2: Baptist. Well, we actually went Matthew 2. Yeah. And then
1: the birth of Jesus and all the was. The so how did Zach that do? Was. Did Zach, Zach, was he a good quarterback? Did he, he filled my seat yeah, well. He did.
0: he did well.
1: Yeah. Excellent. We're bringing him along. I mean, I've, I've slept since then, so I really
2: don't remember <laughs> what we talked about. But
1: I know where <laughs> Zach's really smart. He's smarter than all of
2: us. He is smart. <laughs> so, but what I thought, because we, the last time we were together, we talked about the temptation of Jesus. After which his, I hated. I
1: missed that because I love that text. That was, it that's was awesome. Such a rich. Text. But I thought this last verse
2: to me is like a bumper sticker, which it never gets any, uh, gets any fanfare. But you know, if you made this statement where it says in Matthew four eleven, then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. I mean, I just think that no matter what happens and And the more you read, especially early on, there's definitely spiritual warfare that's going on, and nothing has changed, yeah from then till now, right and so we made the point, you know, kind of at our baptism, you have this moment where yes, God declares us reborn, son of God, daughter of God, and then you have God's spirit, and we know what's coming right temptation is that you're right that's me yeah temptation he's gonna he's gonna tempt you because i think the evil one wants you to either follow him or sh- at least shut up
1: but I, and i thought it's interesting <clears throat> and i don't feel y'all brought this up that every aspect of what kind of what we would consider the the main parts of the gospel story or jesus's story him coming to earth when he was on the cross Um, when he came out of the tomb, when he went back to the right hand of the father, and also when he comes back for us, angels are present every Mm -hmm. time. And then they were also present here, you know, after this, this spiritual test, you know, that he got from the evil one. So I thought that was interesting that he comes from that other realm. And every time when Jesus was here, and he was only here 33 years Every time there was something major that was going to affect all of us, angels came and were part of that. Remember? Because yeah. the guy's sitting on top of the tomb. So I always thought that was really interesting, their interaction, which is kind of what you're talking about, Jace, because it's a spiritual warfare. I mean, there are things, you know, we know from Ephesians six that right. are outside of our ability to even see or really experience, yeah. you know. And, yeah, I had that written down. So <laughs> if you're if you're staying with us, I mean, you think about
2: Jesus' birth, here's God coming from a virgin. You know, we went through that. We didn't really talk about a lot about his quiet life up until then, but I think it says something about his humility even in that is that he spent 30 years just being a guy. You right, know? Right. I mean, the he's 30 now. And there's maybe one thing about when he was 12 and he got mm-hmm. lost. When is there was anything sick? else from his birth to 30?
1: Nothing. Nothing recorded. Don't
2: you find that strange?
1: Yeah. Which, which lets you know that that wasn't relevant or it would be in there. I mean, the only one little thing there was the time when he was 12 and he was in the, he was in the temple courts, basically teaching a class.
2: My point is, I think it says something about like the verses you read that sometimes looks like it's in contrast with the rest of them. That says like, lead a quiet life and work with your hands and, you know, and then you got one that's like, you know, you're an ambassador of God. You know, we're, we're bold. God didn't give us a a spirit of timidity, but of power. And so you're like, well, I thought I was supposed to lead a quiet life, but I think there's something to weigh. I mean, he, he literally led a quiet life for 30 years. Uneventful.
0: And huh? I've wondered because here's his mother. She's told, by Gabriel, the angel, that you're going to be with child, and she says, "How can this be? Yeah, I'm a virgin." And we read about that, about Gabriel mm-hmm. saying, "With God, nothing's impossible." Right. So, so here he comes out of her loins in the manger. We remember this Christmas, Christmas. So, and she's looking at him. But she's knowing the whole time how he got there, which is rather unusual. Yeah, in any time frame, this is a this is the firstborn overall creation here. Right, and and you're like coming out of a human. Well, she's looking at him and taking care of him. He's a kid, but all the way and can you imagine? After all the smoke cleared, she's hearing all these rumors. That now they've got him, they're taking him, they're going to hang him on a cross, crucify him. She's sitting there this whole time. Because even some of her other children didn't believe in him at first. Nope. His own brothers. Right. So you're talking about a childhood that would be an unusual one. I think that there would be more. I, I think the Bible writer didn't think it necessary for her to look at that, that part of the equation. But on Mary's account, all the way across, she's looking up there and saying that that's that's the one that came here the way he came here. So she never doubted whatsoever, but she just took it all in stride. And I think it is worth noting that the first ones that saw him when he was raised from the dead were the women, Mary, his own mother. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you just think about it, that kind of, to her, she said, "So that's
1: what all that was about." Yeah, which is
0: pretty amazing to think about, really. Oh yeah,
1: and that she really never. It
0: brings tears to my eyes, ladies and gentlemen, that's to right. to to just look at the whole picture through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that?
1: Well, you know, Dad, she was the only physical link that Jesus had to humanity was that, her. That's right. Because everything else, there was no, you know, Joseph wasn't his dad because he was of spiritual origin. That's right. So, I mean, she was the link. To humanity, which is when you think about it, I mean, what what a responsibility, but what an honor! Oh, you know, mm. which is why people honor so much. I get it. Let's let's take another break. So, one of the things we talk about a lot on our podcast is how important sleep is. I find the older I get, the more important it is. And Chase made the point that you spend what a third of your life in the bed, so you really need something comfortable, yes, to sleep on. And so, we have found. Uh, helix mattresses which are fantastic and the company uh, that makes those mattresses has now started a furniture you know making couches and chairs it's called all form a-l-l-f-o-r-m and so i have an all-form couch in my living room and the neat thing about it is you get to customize the whole thing elisa picked out the fabric exactly what we wanted it comes in it was in you know it got shipped straight to my door less than a week to get there which is pretty amazing and i'm the least mechanical person in the world i thought oh no you got to put it together we put it together in about 10 minutes which was pretty easy and amazing if i could do it so if you want to check out this sofa i think you'll love it there's no risk because you get a hundred days to decide if you want to keep it that's over three months which is great Uh, you can get a full refund but you won't want one there's a forever warranty literally forever so you can there's a problem Jays uh, into perpetuity as long as all form is around uh, you can uh, you can get your money back but you're going to love it go to all form com slash unashamed to get your perfect sofa that's all form com slash unashamed they're offering twenty percent off all orders for our listers allform.com slash unashamed
2: I think it says something about patience and leading an ordinary life. You know, some a lot of people there are like they come to Jesus, they want all this
1: fanfare and hoopla, you know,
2: immediately. And I mean, it just it takes time, and there's a process. And she you know, basically
0: stood quietly by everything that was happening and swirling around him. She was just over
2: there watching. Saying, right. Yeah. I just think the fact, too, that he did it that way. I mean, if I was God, glad I'm not. Be terrible. What's this waiting around? What's this going for 30 years? Yeah, and when <laughs> and, Gabriel got through
0: informing her, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have a baby. By the way, your kinfolk's over there, Elizabeth, she's up there about 75 years old, whatever. She's in her 70s. But uh, she's six months pregnant right now. I just yeah. thought I'd tell you that. As Gabriel <laughs> talking to Mary. Mary said, do what? And she's like, Oh, so, yeah, that's right. There's another one coming. But he's got a natural birth. A natural birth, he, he is. But the one yeah. we're talking about here, Mary, it's not natural. It's, this is a spiritual birth. But you can imagine her trying to get that information, saying, let me see now. Elizabeth is in there going, oh, she's an old woman. And, you know, and Zachariah as old as a heel. And, and she's six months pregnant. That's when Gabriel said, look, I know this is kind of hard to grasp. This is coming at you pretty fast, but nothing's impossible for God. And that's the it helps my faith to not worry about things. When you say, "Well, you know, I don't if this happens, then that couldn't happen," with God, I mean.
1: Well, my theory is always he pulled this off. Anything could happen. My theory has always been about that 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 was another that was another thing coming from the spiritual realm that gave her some physical help and spiritual help. Because think about it. Nobody believed her, including Joseph. Initially, we that talked is about correct. That. And then the angel lined him out and said, "No." or a They were all getting ready to pounce on well, her. Well, she's a teenage girl who's, she hadn't she hadn't slept with. I'll
0: get rid of her, old Joseph. I'll get rid yeah, of her. Girl. and he
1: was, you know, he was a good keep the heat
0: off of her. So of she can. didn't
1: have anybody she could communicate with or talk to him no. about this. And so he says, oh, by the way, you're...
0: And it's not wasn't fitting for her to go to marriage counseling.
1: No, that's right. <laughs> I mean, Nobody was going to listen to her. I mean, think so, about that. Who so, would believe you anyway? So yeah. that's why I think he opened that door for her. Because you remember when she walks up, Elizabeth says... The child in my womb, which of course was John the Baptist, just leapt, just jumped, jumped for joy. Yep. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's like she could relate to somebody else who, because like you said, their situation—they
0: got together for uh, for months.
1: Oh yeah, and, and well, he wound up being the one that, with thirty years later, they're
0: talking it over, saying, "You know, you, you, how you feel? Well, I feel pretty good." Said, boy, we're having we're we're having some sure enough bursts here. <laughs>
2: right. of, well, and that's why I don't think it's an accident that right after this temptation, you know, in in chapter four and verse twelve, Jesus hears that John had been put in prison, so he returned to Galilee, and this is the moment where he goes public. You know, up until this point, he led a quiet, ordinary life. That's right. Did no, right. No miracles. Yeah, nope. but, but I mean, righteous to the core, and now he's had this this baptism and this declaration, and he's had the temptation. His formal introduction, really. But I just don't think it's an accident that when he hears John in, is in prison, because you, when you think about physical earthly kingdoms, the prison system is a part of their power. Yep. You know, you got police force, you got armies, you got, you know, propaganda, whatever you in that world. So you say, well, what is what happens? Well, Jesus goes to to he leaves Nazareth and he he goes to Capernaum, which was by the lake in the in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said. So he's still fulfilling Prophecy. Through the prophet Isaiah, uh, land here and the way of the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. And then it says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, death, a light has dawned. So he's basically taking this prophecy of he's a light switch. And then he says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that's why I brought up that about John the Baptist. I think you see a clear picture of what Earth's kingdom is all about. I mean, what what is he doing? John the Baptist has been full of the Holy Spirit since birth. He looks like a wild hippie, except that he's got animal skins and eating locusts and honey, but he's declaring that there's a God and there's a Messiah, and they're like, let's put him in prison.
0: A strange dude to pick out of the
1: creation. Right. Pretty strange. Well, in essence, he's the last prophet because he was pointing to Jesus, who who is the last prophet. But I mean, he was the last prophet of Israel yep. to point people to the Messiah. Yep. He was it. So yep. it almost like all those prophecies stopped with him. That's right. It's almost like he channeled. Of course, you remember they thought he was Elijah, but he channeled Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all those old guys were all channeled into this one crazy dude. Yep. That was pointing toward Jesus, which you know what I find fascinating, Jason, when we, we got a lot to go to get through the sermon on the Mount, but in, in Matthew 11, when John heard in prison, what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask. So right after all this has happened, in this Sermon on the Mount, John sends word to Jesus, says, Are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? Yeah. You know, and I've always found that fascinating because he was a guy who we we think of as being you couldn't be any more convicted than this man. And and yet in that prison, for whatever well, he reason, had he yeah. had doubts. That's the, He he sent words in no. there. Or he just didn't know. Or he didn't know. But what? I mean, you know he knew because he He said, What am I doing here? Well, <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's your cousin. You're like, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I mean, you that's re- why I think Jesus did stay here thirty years and go through the ordinary, because it established the fact that what he was doing would be so much more extraordinary. Right? <clears throat> it's like you're you're telling me you came to You're the creator of the universe, and you basically hung out for thirty years, just building some baskets and whatever a carpenter's build, but, you know,
1: yep, that's what he did. You're, there, you're right. I think I'm looking at all
2: the this.
0: people who came up with this and wrote it down. I'm thinking, what, what, what was motivating them to get this kind of information out
2: to the world? Right. Right. But, Phil, this is a reason why, you know, y'all have told my story many times. I was real quiet and shy until I came to Jesus. But these, this is one of the things I thought about. Because he was mainly quiet until it was time to say something. And when he said something, he didn't stop talking about it till they killed him over it. Yep. And so I'm saying it, it's the power of motivation and what you're doing is, is a factor. I mean, just because your personality, may you may seem one way or another. I mean, God can really... He does the extraordinary out of ordinary. That's what he does. I think he was laying the premise.
1: No, I think you're right. And I think his normalcy worked against him with those closest to him. Exactly. It, it, I think
2: it, that's why his brothers didn't believe I it. think
1: so, too. Because you remember we talked about that one little scene where there, he was going to go to Jerusalem. Yeah, and then, They got
0: ready to show us some stuff.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. they said, if you're going to be a public figure, you got to get out there more. Oh, I mean, man. yeah, but Al, look at the pressure no political line. On <laughs> That's him. right. But a look, public figure. The, I mean, he's the son of God. He's your brother. But it's like, well, if you're going to really get into this, you. Don't I have hate to, to say it, up. but
0: Joe Biden <laughs> n- n- never. N- he just hung back in the shadows, but he made it. He made in, it in, in politics. But see,
1: think
2: about all the conflict. The brothers and cousins. That you're raised with, and you know, you have disagreements and conflicts, and one of them says, oh, you think you're perfect? And Jesus is like, yeah. (laughs) Well, then you're better. He thinks he's
1: perfect. Hey, let's take a break. So, Jace, what do you have to say about hair today? In our society, what's
2: crazy is if you are hairy, that is usually frowned upon (laughs) unless... You don't have the ability to grow hair. <laughs> well, why are so many people afraid of losing
0: it? If it's, what would you say? What do you it was, it was, most people don't. It's frowned don't, don't, upon to be hairy. I, I it's think frowned upon, our but if you begin to lose it, then.
2: That's frowned upon. Because look, you know what? It, I got it. People want something they can't have.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. And some of you guys out there are uh, beginning to lose your hair. And you don't want to do that. So, one of our uh, longtime sponsors, uh, the company called Keeps, K E E P S, uh, they specialize in helping you keep your hair. So, you got to get in there early, though, because once it's gone, they can't, they can't help you out much. So, check them out. Go to their website, keeps.com, K E E P S dot com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order for their hair loss treatments. That's keeps.com slash door. 50% off. Check them out. You know, what it, you know what it reminds me of, Jace? It's like Joseph and his brothers. Remember back in the original The Twelve Tribes? Because he was the same way. He had that special gift of being able to interpret the dreams. The difference was he wasn't perfect. He was pretty cocky about it. But his brothers, I mean, they hated him in that yeah. case because they were like, who does he think he is? You know. And, of course, he was Jacob's favorite. So it was just like what you're By describing. By the way, I've you know. seen
0: that type situation flare up a lot within families. Oh, yeah. One of them. One of them is they, they get on one of them and they just ripping. Right.
2: Well, especially when, I mean, this guy, you don't know he's from heaven. I mean, you heard, you heard the story. Yeah. You know, mom went through a psychological <laughs> problem, you know, thinking that she had never been with a man. I mean, I, I know this stuff had to come up. Oh, yeah. really? Like, I mean, she actually claims that she made love with God, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, tell us how that went. Oh, yeah. yeah. She needs some medication. I'm, I'm, cause they didn't believe. So I think they had distanced themselves. It was just too unbelievable. Plus, they many. had
1: to have had a terrible uh, reputation in, you exactly. know, in and, Nazareth. I mean, everybody was like, oh, yeah, there's no, the, I no. mean, every time they would see Jesus, it would take them back for a lot of people to the lie that started. That's from their yeah. perspective. Nobody's That's, believing that story. No. And look, they still don't. They're like, <laughs> Ooh, no, No, <laughs> and no. for most families, you know, it would be a destructive process, which it kind of was for them in the sense that they didn't really believe who he was yeah. when he finally got to that. It's kind
0: of like, oh, oh what's the, the old guy, the second, third president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson?
1: He, yeah, he
0: he, he 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 was like, whoa, with the, with the virgin birth, he was like, no, yeah. no way, right? Yeah, but, well, I mean, but, look, but then when he read what he said, he's like. I tell you what, I, I'm a Christian as far as what Jesus said. Yeah, I, I can't argue with anything He said.
1: He couldn't embrace the supernatural.
0: Right? Couldn't, couldn't embrace yeah. the supernatural. Right. A lot of well, people are like that. You well, know, a lot of people, uh, Al. By the way, to this day, and it, John said it had started way back. A lot of people, Al, have a difficult time, and 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 believing in the supernatural. That's right. And especially like the virgin birth, they can't get past that. Right? They just like couldn't
1: have happened, even though Matthew tries to make the case because he says this was predicted. You know, hundreds of years earlier that this would be how he got here, and it was back in Isaiah seven. That's that's true. So you know, I mean, that that in itself is pretty amazing that they claimed it hundreds of years later. How could they have known? I doubt Mary or Joseph either one ever knew that was in isaiah i mean exactly you know they didn't know that at all so i got your sermon idea Al.
2: based on for sermon idea based on the the difference in the earthly kingdom that's locked john uh and and eventually crucify jesus versus jesus saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is near so this is where he went public. I think the, the show that we all love, uh, The Chosen, did a good job of this about events that happened in Capernaum. Mm-hmm. So I did this little study on Capernaum, which the English definition of the word that is translated Capernaum is a confused jumble, a place marked by a disorderly accumulation of objects what it means. Hmm. I'm like, why did Jesus pick there to start his public ministry? Oh, because it's a confused jumble, a place marked by disorderly accumulation. (laughs) So I'm going to prove that to you. And this was just in my study late at night. So I picked out a few places and a few events that happened in Capernaum that I thought... They were interesting. So one of them is found in Mark 1, in verse... 21. Yep. Is that where you were going? Yep. Unbelievable. Because here's the contrast. Uh, Let me read this. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and look by the way this word is going to keep coming up mm. about his authority because when you start, start talking about heavenly kingdom versus earthly kingdom it becomes an authority question not as the teachers of the law just then a a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out which they in Luke's version he says something right before he says what do you want with us do you, know, you remember what it was mm. he goes Ha, <laughs> ha! You know it's in uh, Luke four thirty three and thirty
1: four. So he laughs out loud. First. He goes, "Ha!" Luke, you know, I, you Luke, know what? Luke four thirty
2: three and thirty four. Yeah. He he goes, "Ha!" It says in a loud, which is what we do in text messages. And I didn't realize that actually, some guy who was demon possessed. I never said have that.
0: noticed that before, J.J. Jay, you uh, <laughs> ball, that late night Bible study. <laughs> Open up a little can. i never well, seen it. You know why
2: I'm bringing this up? You know why I'm bringing this up? We
0: call that a deep dive. only you could bring it
2: up. here's why I'm bringing this up. Because what, I'm jumping to the end. Because I think that's what America does when Jesus comes on saying, I, I think it's the same. Now, I'm saying not the entire country because there are a lot of people who believe. But a lot of people, when they hear about, oh, Jesus, the heavenly kingdom, where God reigns is where the kingdom is, and God's reigning in you, so you're the kingdom? Yeah. To oh, I I, add
0: I, fuel to your statement, I got a letter the other day. Most letters don't come my way, ladies and gentlemen, but every once in a while, if they find one worthy of notes or something, they bring it by. But I read the note, and the guy said, there's about 14 or 15 of us that's meeting up here. We're in the great state of Vermont. Vermont? He said, he said, their greatest line is we're the most non-religious state in these United States. They say it with pride. We are a non-religious. We are ha, 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 to, yeah. to your point. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I mean, There's a and sermon, they are, there's they a are, sermon and, here. They are, are, are loving it, and they're announcing it, that we don't go this, this, this Jesus deal at all. It, it's ha, ha, ha to them. Which I thought a little interesting in lieu of what you just said, Jace. I mean, he said, "Look, there's 15 of us that are hanging tough," but he said, "All it's all around us, mm-hmm. he said it's just constant the demon badgering
2: the of demon anybody." Was like, "Ha, huh. yeah." And uh, and I think Mark left it out because he didn't have a sense of humor. That was a joke, <laughs> but so so then he says, "Hang on, Jase, let's take our last yeah. break." He says, "Ha!" And then he says, "What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us?" Which I think having the "ha" in there gives you some cynical attitude, because it's hard. Like when somebody sends a text message, it's hard to get. They the don't seem to it. be
0: afraid
2: right now. Yeah, no, they're like, whatever.
1: And this is and, the evil spirit yeah, that's talking right. about him that's right, right. himself. I
2: know uh, who you are, the Holy One of God. But I, I just think. That it's in quotations. And so Jesus says, Be quiet sternly. So, because I think if this guy was, ha, yeah yeah. 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 Well, he's like, Be quiet stern. So, when the creator of the universe does anything sternly, I'm sure that was a mic drop moment. Come out of him, <laughs> the evil spirit shook. This is actually not funny, but I keep getting tickled shook the man violently, and came out of him with a shriek. and I'm not sure what a shriek is. That means... Ah, ah, how do you know that's what that is? That's uh, what it uh, is. Uh,
0: if it helps your feelings, then it's the opposite of ha-ha-ha. Yeah.
1: Well, it might have just been...
0: No, I think it was shrill. I
2: thought it like a dog, you know, when it... You know. This is, it's a
0: laughing matter, yeah. and seconds later, when the demon leaves... And they're shrieking, meaning screaming yeah. at the top of your oh. lungs. Uh, the people watching would have said, "Uh oh, there's something." Well, there's something and th- to well, this guy. what they said is this what, was in the
2: what point, Remember what, what they said is what my point is. The people were all so amazed they asked each other, "What is this? A new teaching?" And then they put and with authority exclamation <laughs> point. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread all over. So my point is, look, I came up with these three things, not because I wanted to come up with three things. I just was trying to think about the difference in the earthly kingdom, the earthly authority, and Jesus' authority. And so I asked this question, what is the difference between Jesus speaking with authority versus the teachers of the law? I mean, what what was different? And what they were representing, or just teachers in general, and what Jesus. So the first thing I thought about was the teachers of the law, they represent what is written. But Jesus represented the one who wrote it. I think that's the biggest point. It's a great it, point. It, it And you think about modern churches today, how much is argued over what is written. What is written versus who wrote it. Correct. And you don't think that'd be a big deal. That's why it, he said you
0: diligently study the scriptures because you think by them you possess eternal life, but the scriptures are talking about me, yet you refuse
2: to come to me and be saved. I have that written down, John five thirty oh, nine forty. I was fixed to say it next. So let me, let me give you the second it. one. <laughs> let me give you the second one because we're almost out of time. So this is in Mark 2. You go to the next chapter in Mark. Because Matthew doesn't go through each episode at Capernaum, but when you read the other Gospels, you see other things. So you remember the story about the uh, Jesus healing a paralytic, that they opened up the roof and lowered him down. Like verse 5, Jesus says, He saw their faith and he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Well, now that was interesting because verse 6 says, Now some teachers of the law, same, same group, they're following him around, were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who he can forgive sins about, uh, but God alone? So immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what this was and what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say the, to the paralytic, "Your sins are forgiven," or say, "Get up, take your mat, and walk." And there's several other illustrations. So I'm beginning
0: to see a pattern form here, going back to the original, well, well, the original question, because the the thing swirls around Capernaum, where there's all these obnoxious behavior and unbelieving, sinful people. Chaos. If you can, if you can get this bus turned around, start with the ones who are. The laughers and the ones that are well, smug right. and well, laughing. Like exactly. we've got in America right yeah, now. Like well look six. look
2: what he says in verse ten, this same theme. He says, But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority here's a word again on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So what my second point the first one was the one who wrote it rather than what's written. The second one was Jesus highlighted the spiritual over the physical. And a lot of people, even today, when you fast forward to the modern churches, they're looking for those physical signs. But the source is more important than the sign. And that was his point here. Right. That All the trouble came in. He like, said, well, he's about forgiving. See, I mean, healing, that's great. I mean, awesome. He's going to die again. But when he said, I'm forgiven his sins, what that's that's a you've now moved up the pecking order of authority. If yep. you have that authority,
0: one of the things that rang out from Jace, the naysayers, the ha we have never seen anything like this. That hmm. he was, yeah, which was the reason he went over there, right? Because he said, I'll show them things that they've never even thought could happen,
1: right?
2: Well, the third thing is in Matthew, so we're not, I'm not going to read it, but. Because we're going to get to it in chapter eight, where he healed the centurion's servant. So here's a guy. This is right after he heals a leper. Then he heals a centurion. Here, here. So here's a Greek who's not. I mean, you, I mean, he's not even from the right side of the tracks here. Right. And it's a weird thing. I mean, because he represents the group that's eventually going to crucify Jesus, and do the physical acts, but he has this faith in Jesus, and he has a love for his servant, which is really weird when you look at earthly powers. Most guys in charge, they ain't worried about their servants. Right, (laughs) They'll get them another one, and I think that's why Jesus like stopped the presses and said, now this, I haven't seen greater faith. Because you really have somebody not operating from an earthly viewpoint. And and that's why my third point is Jesus represented a heavenly kingdom, not an earthly kingdom as far as power is concerned. Yep. Because he wants all people to be saved. I, I don't think it's an accident that it happened to be a Roman centurion. It happened to represent an earthly power where these these things that I mentioned before physical armies and police and walls and locks and clocks and propaganda and politics, all those things funnel the earthly. You go over to Jesus' side, and it's spiritual armies, you know. The weapons we fight with are not of the world. Because this is going to be the backdrop to where he's fixed to tell you the kind of people that God is seeking is just the opposite of what you thought. Yep, The meek, the humble, those who mourn. You're like, what? Well, that you would seem that's the group that just got whooped by an army, right? In the physical world, yeah. And I think that is what this contrast was about: uh, about no prisons, no walls, you know, no lock. We have an eternal purpose. The ministry of giving instead of grabbing. You just think about it. In in any kind of these wars, it's always you go and you get their stuff, you get their treasure, you you annihilate them. You get their stuff. And with God, it's the exact opposite. You love them. We consider to be sheep, to be sacrificed, and we give, we give, we give, which is what he set in the tone. So I, I just think when he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, that statement was basically centered around those three aspects of I'm representing the one who sent me, it's more about the spiritual than the physical, even though I'm getting your attention with this, you know, and eventually it'll be more
1: about the heavenly rather than. the. Earthly. And it's also a confirmation of what John had been saying up until this point anyway. Right. Exactly. a lot of it. So we got to close out. Uh, I do want to mention this. We have a new uh, one of Tony's new uh, art pieces behind us. It's called the family edition. It's the only thing that's been signed by all your kids Dad, yeah. and you and mom. Yeah. I mean, nothing else has, has been so Tony gets 15% of everything you buy to, uh, to Miyamu or Camp Chioka or All Guys Children. So it's a really good deal. The sale ends today for everybody else. But because you're a podcast listener, he's going to extend it through the end of September. So you use the code PHIL25, you get 25% off. That's TonyThomasArt.com. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes.